Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, okay, well, I can't hear anything now. It doesn't matter. We'll just have to battle through. Oh, I can hear her. That's all right. Well, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Oh, okay, so are we recording? Before I forget. Yes. uh, So I was in Richmond uh, yesterday enjoying the friendship services. The hostility of? of? No, the friendship services of the delightful, your friend of mine, Anita. How is she? Uh, She's very well. Um, And we were, we were sitting there having a cup of coffee and uh, a lovely group of women came over to say hello because they recognised Nancy out and about with Nancy. Uh, So they're big fans of the podcast. Who is a dog. Who is a dog. He's my enormous greyhound. Uh, and I promised that we would give Penny a mention. Hello, Penny. Penny is part of the group but wasn't with her. Right. group that uh yesterday yeah uh and the woman who introduced herself and this is what i just need to apologize for so i i wrote it down immediately in my phone notes mm. to say we've got to say hello to penny yeah. but my spell check corrected the name to catheter so it could be catherine it could be kathy it could be katrin it could be karen but it's in my it's in my notes as catheter well or it could be catheter. Why on earth would it do that? I don't know. I think it's an unusual name, catheter. It's lovely. <laughs> and hopefully one of my grandchildren will be called <laughs> Catheter Jane after me. But I really apologise. And I think that you're Catherine or Karen. Uh, but you'll always be catheter to us. And hello, Penny. Do send us more emails if you'd like to. And I'm sorry that you missed meeting Nance. Oh, because Nancy is, she's actually really sweet. I was, she is. I was thinking about her each day because I went past a coffee shop where we'd been together with some people from the world of publishing. And I think Nancy was there as well. Do you remember? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes. Oh, I've had, had a lovely I day. don't think the world of publishing really welcomed Nancy hugely that day. Really welcome us, as it turned out. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Uh, no, I'll save tales no, of Brian true. and Barbara for another podcast, if that's right. But there is something quite funny. So Brian and Barbara are new kittens. Yes. Arrived this weekend in the house. Oh, they've come. They've come. I thought you just signed them up. I didn't realise you'd recruited them. There. And you, do you remember that funny thing when you have kittens where every other animal just looks daft? Because they're, they're so, so huge. Big. Yes. Yeah. So Nancy, who's, God, what is she? 30 kilograms, mm. 33 kilograms of dog. Uh, a massive greyhound. Just her next door to a kitten, an eight-week-old kitten. 
are they, dare I ask about the kittens toileting? They appear to be fully litter trained. They are incredible. Now that isn't that the natural world in all its glory. Yeah, in fact, the first thing they did when they arrived, they're living in a massive cage. Please don't worry. I haven't left them out with Greyhound. No. Uh, they're living in a cage. The oh, I, first... was, I was going to ask. Although Nancy doesn't seem to have anything malicious in her. No, she doesn't have a prey drive, which is which is why she ended up being a failed racer, because she just, you know, she'd start every race, but she wouldn't finish them. Halfway round, I think she'd just go, oh, I don't like this. I'd be arsed with this. Actually, she's a person after my own heart, to be honest. I get that. She's like one of those, you know, sometimes on the London Marathon days, if you ever go watch the London Marathon, any marathon, you'll go to a coffee shop and it'll always be full of people who've just given up. Really? I've noticed that. I I admire them for giving up. Caramel latte beckons. Don't be hard on yourselves. I couldn't do a quarter of a mile. So, sorry, you were were talking about the kittens and I was interested. Oh, so the first thing they did was go for a a lovely pee and a poo in their litter tray. But you're right, right, it's amazing. You see, it's interesting. So when I got uh, the recalcitrant Dora, she was very slow to poo. And we had to go online to find out what you had to do to urge your kitten to feel safe enough to go. And um, the answer is that you you just um, gently poke their bottom area um, with a little bit of a a cloth, damp cloth. And it worked. Okay. (laughs) I'm just saying because it was obvious that Dora needed to go and we had the litter tray and everything. And she had also been, she'd weed, but was clearly in a little bit of distress. Oh, that is just something that I'll remember for the whole of my life. That's a useful tip for somebody, that is. Honestly, I thought I was just, I wasn't even, I wasn't even saying that for laughs. That was just something that, that no, and I'm very glad you passed it on. And, and if anybody just if you else, have any trouble no, with you're absolutely right. Brian and Barbara. Brian and Barbara. Yeah. If they, if they turn into shy pooers, uh, then I'll get my damp cloth out. <laughs> oh, you may laugh. I think Jane and Fee at Times.Radio, if you want to chip in with your own tips on how to handle a constipated... Taken from the human world, who discovered that... I don't a, know. ...a damp cloth to a kitten's bottom? Oh, I was round with my elderly neighbour yesterday afternoon. Her cat was also constipated. Uh, but I didn't... Anyway, I should have mentioned it to her, but she'll, she knows all about cats, this lady, so she won't need my advice. Well, obviously she doesn't. <laughs> so um it's been another sort of harry tastic couple of days i uh, we're trying to sense i mean just tell us basically you know how you can contact us you can email this podcast are you fed up to the back teeth with the whole shebang i think we're beginning to be uh and i'm struggling now to see the good in either side of this this fiery debate i really am and my copy of Harold's book arrives tomorrow, so I hope to be better informed by the time Wednesday rolls around, because I will read it. So if nothing happens and there's no olive branch extended to Harold, what 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 does he do? I don't know. I don't know. But he's look, he's in the sunshine. He's got a lovely family. I, I don't I don't want him to be unhappy. Um, but I think the rest of us. We've all got our own concerns at the moment, and some people really are. We, I mean, you keep saying this, but it's so true. Some people have got they're so up against it. Yeah. Um, and we've got this family sort of tearing into each other, and some one side saying they're not saying anything, but they sort of are. And then Harry's telling us everything, and he's getting his own story out there in his own words, which does give him a sort of power because it means all those stories about him can't be told by anybody else now yeah. for money because he's told them for money. Yeah, so he's won on that front. Yeah, he has. Yeah, but um, I'm with you, and also I do think, and, and and you know, we are so guilty of this. It's created a space for bitching. 
yeah. where everybody thinks, oh, yeah, I'll just say anything I like about people I don't know because that's what everybody else is doing. Doing, yes, yeah. It's not very nice, Jane. It isn't. Right, so we've got a lovely email here uh, from Kiki uh, who says, Dear Jane and Fee, recently I've been listening to a lot of the old episodes of your podcast. As I listened to more, I started to grow very fond of hearing you two just chat away to each other at the beginning before the guest arrived. Well, we have superb guests, so do stay for the whole podcast. Uh, uh, Kiki goes on to say, as I was listening to one of the episodes, I suddenly realised I'm probably not part of the main target audience as I'm a 15-year-old girl. Then I began wondering what you both would think about the fact you had a 15-year-old avid listener and whether you'd find it amusing or concerning. And then I decided I must email in and ask your opinions. Well, how do you feel about having a 15-year-old listen to this? Well, I'm, del- I'm delighted, absolutely delighted. Welcome, Kiki, and I, I hope you just get something out of it. Um, I mean, I'm sure you'll grow out of us soon and, and find something. I was going to say more age-appropriate, but then that's ridiculous because if Kiki's enjoying it, good luck to her. That's absolutely fantastic. You know, it's funny, I, I sometimes think I'm still... I think 15 is kind of where I've stopped, if you see what I mean. I'm not sure I'm any more mature or sensible or capable than I was when I was 15. And Tyler said that wonderful thing when we were talking about whether she felt uh, that her earlier writing was was still kind of her mm-hmm. voice. Yeah. And she said that she'd never been more certain than when she was eight years old. And, and actually she found that yeah. her certainty departs the older she gets. And she's a wise, wise bird now, so... She must have been an incredible eight-year-old. <laughs> yeah, she must have been. Yeah. But she probably was, to be yeah. fair. But I know what you mean. I think the world seemed simpler when we were both 15. Eight. Well, no, I think I was already beginning to find the world quite complicated, and I still do. <laughs> so I don't. I just think, Kiki, you're probably enjoying it because we. I'm not sure we do as humans change all that much. We've just got different responsibilities now, haven't yes, we? Yes, yeah. Compared to being 15. But we're still, if it's any comfort to anybody of 15 who'd ever be inclined to listen, we're all still riddled with self-doubt and uncertainty and, um, I don't know, um, bumbling our way through life. Yes, that doesn't change. No. You just I thought it would. Yeah, you hopefully get, get slightly more used to it. I think that's the only thing. You, you, you know where all the grooves are. Yeah. Yep. Or maybe you don't. I'm still feeling that I might come a cropper at any day. Uh, Dear Jane and Fee, says Mary, I'm sure I'm not the only one writing to tell you that there are a few cat's eyes on North American roads. Mary, a few is not enough. That's the point. I mean, there may well be three somewhere outside Washington, but that's, you know, it's a very big country. Uh, Mary says, as the snow ploughs take them out. Uh, However, here in Canada, there are some on a few roads, so I suggest you keep your North American travel to north of the 49th parallel. A sensible suggestion. Well, that's a great suggestion, but I'm put off by the fact that you say there are only a few roads that have them there. We've got them everywhere here, Mary. Yes, except, I don't know about you, on British motorways, um, sometimes there are no lights and then sometimes there are. What's that all about? I don't know, but in one of the many, many speed awareness courses that I sat through, they did explain that. Uh, There's a different speed limit on a lit part of the road to on a dark part of the road, isn't there? Is there? Yes. (laughs) You've done the speed awareness course too, you should know. I know, well, we're both a disgrace. Um... Although I thought it was quite funny when I asked um, Lizzie Arnold, the ex-skeleton Olympic gold medal winner who was on the radio show today, how she replicated the excitement of her skeleton days. She said very quickly, we've got a Tesla. And I thought, is she sponsored by them or what? I mean, it was incredibly quick. But I mean, we certainly do not condone high speed driving. I mean, our driving records suggest that we 
we struggle a little bit. Yes, it's, it's not that we don't. It's not. It's not remotely funny. No. So and we've done the course. We both paid attention. We didn't do the same course. You know, we're not inseparable. Uh, but we have done the course because we. Well, actually, last time round, I just said I want the points. Right, that's, can I just say that's nothing to be proud of? No, but it's true. Anyway, Fee and I have had yep. a major disagreement just now, actually, about Happy Valley, because you say you can't watch it because it's, what did you say? So ominous. Too, ominous, yes, I don't know. I like the om, omni, omni, uh, the well, ominous Well, James Norton's just, he does that really brooding, uh, I mean, it's beyond dark, isn't it? Uh, kind of malevolence, and I just thought, I, th- I, I couldn't watch it last night. I had completely forgotten, and I apologise for this, I should have read out this email earlier. It's from Sonia, uh, and it's about Prince Harry and about the death of a parent. And this is very poignant. Sonia says she was 15 and an only child when my mother died of cancer. It was in 1946. The telephone rang early in the morning, and my dad called me down to give me the news. He said we would have to manage, and I went to get the bus to my convent school as usual. When I got there, he hadn't thought to tell them, so I had to tell them myself. It was particularly hard because I'd spent the war with my mum as my father had been overseas in the army. Not easy for him dealing with a teenage schoolgirl. No allowances were made for me when I was ill for one paper of my school certificate four months later. On looking back, I realised I only got to know my dad after I had worked abroad and married and he came to stay with us. He had remarried quite quickly to somebody only 10 years older than me, says Sonia. We all have problems in life and Harry has had to face his in the public gaze, but times and attitudes have changed, so it might be a good idea for him to get on and enjoy his life and family and not walk around with a permanent chip on his shoulder. Um, Sonia, thank you for that. And that's, uh, yes, I, I'm on the face of it, you've given some sound advice to Harry. I mean, who knows what's going on in his head. But your own experience, I suspect, is probably not uncommon back in 1946 to be to be treated in the way you were. But I'm just so sorry that that, has, that did happen to you because that does sound... Well, miserable doesn't do it justice. So it I, just sounds so cold. Yes. So, so cold. Yes, yeah. awful, Sonia. Anyway, thank you for, for telling us about it and um, our very best wishes to you. Now, we had a really lovely guest on the programme today. Lots of our guests are lovely, but Ahmed Jalili made us laugh and he made us think about things too. Uh, he's obviously an actor, a comedian. He's now a podcaster. Who isn't? Uh, but also, and we do talk about the podcast, it's called Please Tell Me a Story later on in the interview. Uh, but he's someone who's been very vocal about his support for the protesters in Iran. He has British-Iranian heritage. And he spoke at a rally in Trafalgar Square yesterday. And Jane's first question to him this afternoon was to tell us a little bit more about who was there at the protest. It was called a unity rally where they walked all the way from Marble Arch to Trafalgar Square. Thousands of people. And there would have been, would have been more if there was, it was pelting it down with rain. And uh, it was a unity rally because it was the marking the 115th day of the protest that started. It's also the third commemoration of the downing of flight PS752, where 176 people were killed, shot down by the regime. And we even... Uh, my next post on Twitter is going to be the regime and the regime television programme talking about how... Um, just on the when it happened, they were saying, well, this is Boeing. Boeing have had three crashes like this. And un, un, unless the Americans can prove these were missiles, 
then we can tell you Boeing is not fit for purpose. It's like these are death coffins and they have to stop it kind of thing. So um, it was that and it was, it, was, it was wonderful because there were different factions coming together and they yeah. all seemed to be very united to support the women and girls of Iran who are doing, I think, the most extraordinary thing on the planet right now. They're trying to change the axis of the world. They believe that they're bringing down the patriarchy everywhere. So I believe the women who shout for them here are shouting for themselves. They're shouting against the patriarchy. And that's why the men are standing with them, because they understand the patriarchy hurts us all. And it's interesting, it's the men who are being executed. It's the men who are suffering there in prison. There were two executions very recently, yes, weren't there? unfortunately. Yeah. There could be two more very imminently as well. So they seem to be targeting the youngest, the fittest, the athletes, the people who are charismatic, the people who are future leaders of a a future uprising to try and kill a a momentum. They're literally trying to wipe out the future of Iran. They're they're grabbing the most beautiful girls, raping them in prison. It's an awful situation. They're saying, if we do this to your brightest and our bests, if we're doing this to the brightest and the best, then anyone, all of you rank-and-file Iranians... Don't you dare protest because this is what will happen to you. So you can get a crowd of protesters on a pretty grotty afternoon in London to come out and about and shout and be supportive. What are Western governments doing to challenge this diabolical regime? Well, a lot of governments are sending what's called political sponsorship. So people who are who have been sentenced to death have been getting political sponsorship from people from Belgium, from Austria, from Germany who... When you have political sponsorship, it means that at least there must be some due process because a lot of these sham trials, they're not given a lawyer. So, for example, it started with a rapper called Tumaj Salehi, who is basically our Tupac Shakur. A lot of people will say, no, he's not, but actually he kind of is. And he's had political sponsorship in Germany, which has stopped him being executed, and they're now demanding a lawyer and demanding that the at least this is reviewed on an international scale, so there's some kind of due process. There are also governments are calling the IRGC, which is the um, military wing of the regime, they're calling them out and labelling them as a terrorist organisation. They are expelling diplomats, they're closing down embassies, and they're freezing the assets, as we did with the Russians. Uh, and now that Iranians feel that the Russians are being supported by the Iranians, why don't we see the same with the Islamic Republic of of Iran. So that's the kind of political action that's happening to isolate Iran and to humiliate Iran, the well, the government of Iran on an international scale. Do you and have you ever had any comeback personally? Has the regime made its displeasure with you known in any way? I think that in in very subtle ways, I, I, on, uh, I had an Instagram post that I put out and a lot of people saying, take it down. And then when I checked them, they were all private accounts. And then there was an account. It was it was a mix of, it was some dancers, which was mixed with a very strong rap song, which was about this time, it's different. And I'd seen this video and it was bad quality. So we fixed it up and put it back out again. And apparently one of the girls from the band, from the dance group saying, this is, we don't agree with this. Could you take it down? And they, I, I got DMs saying, take it down. So that's no way to speak to someone who supposedly is a fellow artist. Whenever I've had a problem with a fellow artist, they say, hi, this is me. And they'd explain something. You don't just say, take it down. So I thought this was suspicious. And then many people started saying, take it down. And then it was removed by Instagram. And on Twitter, my Twitter was locked until I took this down. And then we looked into it and it was those 
accounts that were speaking to me were hacked. So this was the regime saying, this video is too powerful, it has to go. And we're seeing this all over Instagram, all over Twitter. If there is the cyber army of the of Islamic regime is pretty huge. And they just they just make sure these things come down. So there's been nothing direct, but indirect things like that. Yes. You didn't have to do this, did you? No. Uh, so what? So why have you? You know, you're British. You live here. Yeah. You're a highly successful British actor, comedian, known for all sorts of things. You didn't need to do this. It, no, I don't. And none of us have to do it. And if you look at anyone else who's doing it, Iranians living here. I even see people who are, there's an amazing uh, comedian called Chelsea Hart, who is an American living in Britain. She's doing everything she can. She's amazing. I, I don't want to misgender her. Apparently, she's a they, them. Okay. And people say, don't misgender that person. I say, it's all right. He, he doesn't mind. <laughs> Which will get me into trouble. But, the, but, but she's a friend. Well, they are a friend. And they have given their whole whole social media to this because they believe it's a humanitarian crisis it's not just an iranian problem i've lived with this for about 43 years i've come from a persecuted minority the baha'is have been targeted have been persecuted and so i've lived with this all my life and what's happened with is whenever baha'is were persecuted iranians would say well they're baha'is they're not us and now they've crossed that line they're now killing they're maiming and raping and executing normal Iranians. They've crossed a line they can never come back from. And now they're saying, this, the whole of Iran saying, we are Baluchis, we are Baha'is, we are Kurds, we are all one. And it was something that I found myself, I was just compelled to do. I wake up, even this morning I thought there'd be execution, so I was checking Twitter at four in the morning and I was tweeting. If you look at my tweets, they're like from five in the morning, six in the morning. So it's, it's, it's a compulsion, but it's also driven by what we say is a humanitarian thing. So when we say our victory is close, it's a victory for humanity. That's what we're looking for. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. 
Now, Omid's podcast is new. It's called Please Tell Me a Story, and I guess you could call it a high-concept podcast. Uh, this podcast, you'll have noticed, is not high-concept. In fact, it doesn't have a concept. It's just two old birds talking to each other. Anyway, uh, somebody tells a well-loved anecdote in Please Tell Me a Story. They tell it to one person who then has to pass it on to somebody else, and then somebody else takes up the baton, and they also have to tell it to somebody else. And it goes on and on. You get the picture. Uh, and the anecdote morphs. That's the extraordinary thing. It changes. Names change. Decades shift. And in the episode that we both listened to of Omid's new podcast, Please Tell Me a Story, it all became rather scatological. We began by asking him who had the idea in the first place. I believe this is the podcast that everybody's been waiting for. <laughs> because of all art forms, the most simple art form is storytelling. I know mm. as a stand-up comedian, everything's stripped away. It's me and a mic. And it's the most pure uh, art form there is. And storytelling is something... Not everyone can do it. Yeah. Now, what... And if you look at fake news and if you look at alternative facts, these things happen by people not listening. So it was one thing to be a good storyteller. You also have to be a good listener. That's why they say in relationships, it's good to mirror things. When people say, I'm upset with you because why? And they say, and you have to mirror it back. What, what am I upset with? You're upset because I didn't put the dishes away. Okay, and I'm also upset. So mirroring back is very good. This is a podcast where someone tells a story and then they tell a story to some person, then tells a story to someone else, then tells a story to someone else, tells a story to someone else, and then they come back and tell the original person the story. And the way within a few minutes, yeah. in the, as you saw in my trailer, I, the first episode is my story, and I talk about my uncle, Ezzat, and by the third person who goes, his name is Dave. I thought that was the most interesting <laughs> bit about it, yeah, really. And that's Kai Samra. Kai Samra is a comedian. I picked him because I thought he was sane. I thought he was brilliant. <laughs> he, everything seems to break down with Kai Samra. So he, whenever it got to him, somehow, maybe he's not a good listener, and we have two kinds of comedians as well. You've got the comedians who listen and look at funny people and try and become funny. Or someone like Kai, who is genuinely funny and who's a little bit insane as well. So you see how stories, it's about the evolution of storytelling. Yeah. And it's about how we have to listen to a story to be able to then tell it properly back. And, and you know, with storytelling um, legacies and with, with uh, word of mouth being passed on, it's very important to, mm. to speak properly and listen properly. So both Jane and I have listened to that episode featuring your uncle. Shall mm. we just very, very briefly, like in under a minute, oh, try don't and retell the to... story? Well, it's Uncle Ez Ezrat. Ezrat, who um, was short. I remember that because, frankly, I'm short. Uh, and not that prepossessing physically, but like the ladies... Uh, was at a family wedding. You were with him in the overflow car because you couldn't get into the main car to the family wedding. He had... he went. It was the early 90s. The sensory flush had just come into toilets. Yes, yes. very the, sensitive. The, the sensory flush is the bit that I remember out yes. of all of it because it's that thing where you just kind of waft your hand in front of it yeah. and it starts to flush, which takes a lot of people by and surprise. And the, uh, the early models were like, you'd be five foot away, just kind of yawning and you go... <laughs> They it were going vicious, really fast, yeah. yeah. So your uncle wants to wash his dentures at the wedding, so he yes. washes his dentures, he dries them under the dryer. Uh, which and doesn't then, work properly. Which doesn't yeah. work properly. So he, he wanders towards the toilet. I can't remember exactly why, but because it's got that, that vicious okay, let's, let's stop flush, you now. the dentures you know go down the toilet, and that's the story, that, well, it? Yeah, it's kind of the story, but um, as you can tell, I'm mm. already outraged by your retelling oh, So what's, what story. have we got wrong? Well, that's why you have to listen to the podcast. Well, so we have. <laughs> <laughs> it's called 
Oh, please tell me a story, by the way. But that, but that's the beauty of it. So, so telling a story, um, you realise actually, I have to tell stories to my kids. If if, I, if they like a story, they say, "Tell me again, tell me again," and just by telling the same story. And in the same way, that's when they get it. But actually, embellishment comes up, false things comes up. Yeah. So it's very important to keep the story pure. But it got worse, the story. It got scatological, didn't it? Yes, and it got filthy as well, somewhere yes. along the line. I don't know how that happened. But anyway, yeah. but I just think it's a great podcast and it's a really interesting. And every Whose week, idea was it? Well, it was a bunch of us came together. I've always wanted to do a podcast. I did do one podcast that was sports, but there were so many sports podcasts. But I thought this one would be, from an artistic point of view, it was, yeah, different. That was, it was different, it's yeah. comedy, and it's also making a point. I think the evolution of storytelling is very important. Mm. Well, it's the. I mean, as you say, we used to sit around fires, didn't we? Yes. Chatting to each other. Yes. Now people just gawp at their phones. Uh, yes. Multi-screening. What's happened to us? I mean, and storytelling we... <laughs> is that, I, do you know, I, I love stories so much. If I, if I go and see a film and I'm not engaged by the story in the first 10 minutes, I leave. Do you? What I, was I the leave. last movie you walked out of? Or could you I not really say? Of... In case it might be from a, a film company. The last, that film I saw, <laughs> the last film I saw was the Whitney Houston biopic. And, and it's a, there's a great trick because there's a name. The song, the film has a name. And when you buy your tickets, you say, mm -hmm. is there a name to the Whitney Houston film? They say, I want to dance with somebody, because well, I'm sure you do. But is there a name for the Whitney Houston <laughs> film? It's a little moment of joy yes. you can have. Um, <laughs> but, but, but that was a story I knew already. So that was that. But, but something like Breaking Bad, if you see Breaking Bad, it's on Netflix. Uh, for, I love it. The story hooked me after about half an hour, but it starts off in an arty way. It starts off with a pair of trousers in the air. Even season two, they... They intimate an awful thing that's happened all the way through season two until you see what's happened in season three. Mm -hmm. So actually, sometimes storytelling can be complex. But if I'm not hooked, because we all want stories. Well, what's the story? Because stories is a thing that makes us develop yeah. as human beings. It's what we've got, isn't it? Yes. We can tell our story. And in a way, we're not going to talk about Prince Harry, but I mean, in his defence, he is at least telling his own story. I think he that's is. something he said. And all those people who knock it and say, oh, we don't want to hear it. Well, it was in the possession of other people, I think. Yes. Some of his story. And he feels it's been in their possession too long. Do you know what's really interesting about the whole... Prince? I'll just say this, mm. because I assumed, because I just see little headlines and tabloids and I see them and it's like, oh, Harry's a disgrace. But if you go on Twitter... I would say 90% oh, seem yeah, to be pro-Harry. They seem to be pro-Harry. They're saying, thank God. Oh, that thing he said about Jeremy Clarkson. Well done for standing up for yourself. I personally, I could be wrong, but just by checking Twitter for half an hour after the programme, I saw nothing but, well, apart, apart from a few things, mostly very positive towards cool. Harry. But isn't that just because of the kind of people who you follow? So you've got a little bit of your own, you know, I would ah. have thought probably quite liberal echo chamber there. Well, I just went on the hashtag. So the hashtag is it's not the people I'm following, it's just people who joined mm. the hashtag. So lots of people I wasn't following. Okay. They're just randomers. I saw be... some absolutely horrendous nastiness on Twitter last about night Harry. about Harry. Really? Yeah, really, really vicious stuff. Yeah. Can we talk about your acting career? Because you're... Um, That's a great segue. It was good, that, wasn't it? We are, both of us, incredibly slick, but we don't yes. like to draw attention to it. Um, <laughs> I've now lost my thread completely. Um, my acting career? Yes, darling, your acting career. Yes. Your, your ethnicity allows you, or perhaps actually gets in the way of, um, you playing some roles. Because you're often cut... So, for example, I remember you as the guy in the shed, in the port, in Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Yes. But you're not Greek. 
I'm not, and that's terrible. I, I, to all Greek people, well, yes, I apologise. There's a Greek thespian somewhere still really angry about yes, that. Yes, very angry. But they, but they but look at the end of the day, what they wanted was all that film wanted from me was something that they can put in the post credits. And if you look at that film, if you haven't seen the post credits, yes, go in the post credits, and it's something I did just to make the crew laugh. It, can you remind it's, me? It's a, I ha- did you bear your bottom? No, I just, I, I, the, 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 they didn't fully, fully play out my uh, my characters in love with Colin Firth. He's, oh, that's right. He's been yeah. in love with Colin Firth for yeah. 30 years and you see the conclusion in the post-credits. Okay. In fact, Richard Curtis said to me, have you seen the film? I said, no, he goes, wait for the post-credits. And when we saw the, the, the premiere at Hammersmith Apollo, 3,600 people... 2,000 were still in their seats for the credits and they all waited for the credits. Thank God for that. Don't walk out of that one. Don't walk out. If you're on Netflix now, go to the end and watch me. (laughs) Uh, Do you think that you've now got to the point, though, where you can't be, as you've described it, second Azerbaijani oil pipe attendant (laughs) (laughs) in a movie because you're Omid Jalili? You know, it's it's confusing, I think, and distracting uh, to... It would be to see you in a kind of minor role now you're bigger than that aren't you no i think that you know you can the the, the comics do some comics are really good actors robin williams was actually uh, i would say a better actor than he was a stand-up he was a good stand-up comedian but he was a better actor and i think that we that there's a discipline to what we do and it actually does make a difference that you we respect words and we respect thoughts and we really try and do our best so I think whenever I've seen big people do roles, I, I, I sometimes believe them. And I think that, you know, I want you to believe me. I'm Anyway, most people can't even get my name right. So why would they say that's... I'm hoping that they would just be distracted by my name and they'll be more kind of clued in with what I'm trying to do mm. on, on screen. So is there a role that you've got lined up that you could tell us about that something maybe... A bit different. Yes, there is, um, but I'm not allowed to speak about it. Could you just? It's do a Greek. It's a Greek <laughs> character. You and Colin Firth are playing lovers in the. Uh, Can you just uh, do a quick mime for us? Yes, Colin Firth is interesting. Colin Firth, out of nowhere, sent me an email. And by the way, and this was before I saw my mum and Mia too. He just sent me an email saying, "I'm sorry to tell you this. I mean, I had a dream about you last night. I dreamt that you were a lap dancer." And I wrote back to him. That's funny. I had the same dream, and your check bounced. <laughs> and he wrote back because that's because the dance was wholly unsatisfactory. <laughs> and then when we were on the set, no, we didn't say anything about the email. And then when I left, he started, He continued. He goes, I, uh, my, my lawyers are in contact with you. <laughs> and he continued the email exchange, but without saying anything to me. So he's a very strange person. Right. I mean, so you, uh, when you're on set, do you form genuine friendships? Yes, you, you do. do. But then yes. they just go away they evaporate as soon as the film is over? Is no, I think some people, you you, st- you keep in contact with people because you always need people. And w- w- I've been in contact with Colin for about 18 years now because... Um, what, still on the same email thread? Same email thread, <laughs> yes. And, publish uh, that. <laughs> but because we all need each other, things like Letters Live, there are lots of things that we all do together. So you, you, you feel if you have a bond, you will see each other again because it's a community. Community yeah. of people always stick together. Omid Jalili, actor, comedian, podcaster, a member now of the podcast community. As are we and as... Are you, dear listener? Uh, please do contact us via email. It is Jane and Fee at times.radio. And don't forget to follow us if you can and leave a review of the podcast wherever it is you're listening to us right now. Do you remember the time when everyone said podcasts wouldn't really take off?
I think I was the one saying it. <laughs> Were you? Very yeah. pessimistic woman. Well. Look what's happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, speak to you at the same time tomorrow. Join us on the afternoon programme if you can. Otherwise, send us an email. Love, love, love. Yeah. And if Fee's learned anything today, is that it's not a good move to talk about the CCF um, during a live radio show because a lot of people get in touch. <coughs> and they're all talking about Bren guns and neither of us know what they're on about. <laughs> You have been listening to Off Air with Jane Garvey and Fee Glover. Our Times radio producer is Rosie Cutler and the podcast executive producer is Ben Mitchell. Now you can listen to us on the free Times radio app or you can download every episode from wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget that if you like what you heard and thought, hey, I want to listen to this but live, uh, then you can, Monday to Thursday, 3 till 5 on Times Radio. Yeah. Embrace the live radio jeopardy. Thank you for listening and hope you can join us off air very soon. Goodbye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.